Hello everyone, Mia Paulus here with the Simplicity in Business and Life podcast. Today we're going to talk about what financial goals you should set for 2021. And uh, the reason why this is so important is that so many of us spend time planning and planning and educating and educating and not really taking action and doing and achieving the goals that we set. And then secondly, when we spend so much time planning, we're not willing to deviate from those plans. So not only having goals, but knowing the mindset behind those goals is super important. So with that said, let's cue up the music and then we'll go ahead and get started. No, it doesn't have to be so hard. No, it doesn't have to be so hard. Business in life made simple. All right, hope everyone's doing wonderful today. I, uh, I'm i doing good today, and I don't know if it's because I curled my hair today. You know, as as a woman, those things <laughs> matter. And sometimes when you're working from home, it's you slack off a little bit. You only have to look good from your 2D profile on your Zoom meeting. So anyways, uh, today again, we're going to talk about the financial goals to set. And, you know, 2020 was a ringer for a lot of us, and so we probably all have a lot of goals and aspirations and things we really want to achieve this year. And so I just wanted to first talk about kind of mindset related to financial goals. And I can tell you that I have probably gone through every wrong financial thing you could probably do in a business. And so um, I think hopefully I can come at it from a a level of empathy and and, um, give you some some tips and tricks to really um, be real about where you are and where you want to go with your business. And um, so my background is actually in accounting and finance. So I uh, got a finance degree and an accounting degree, and it uh, taught me a lot, but it taught me a lot of tracking, not a lot of strategy. So in the accounting world, we're taught, okay, this expense comes in, this is how you account for it. This revenue comes in, this is how you account for it. Even their cash flow statements are after the fact. Like, here's how you create a cash flow statement after all the expenses and income have coming in. But what about just in time? What if what if knowing and keeping an eye on it as you're moving along, like that's something that I almost feel like my accounting agreement might have done me a disservice because for a lot of years, I wasn't really real about where my business was at and the, the drastic changes that I needed to make. And so hopefully I can uh, give you some insight into some of those key financial goals that every business should be aware of and really is a key factor into scaling and growing and creating the moment, momentum that you need within your organization. So um, yesterday, I so this week I've been going through what's called the One Funnel Away Challenge. Uh, Russell Brunson, big in the marketing world, has been putting this on, and I haven't gone through it before. And and he had a guest speaker on, uh, Steve Larson, and it was really cool because he talked about these five um, kind of frameworks or or to really spot obstacles in your company. And they're things that I've really come to understand and learn and practice. And so it was cool because he put these all in a simple five step framework. And I thought these are perfect as well for um, when you're looking at your financial goals. So I'm actually kind of shifted what I was going to talk about. And I actually want to just talk about a little bit of of the things that he brought up, these five steps. So really getting your mindset right so you know which financial goals to set and then talk about probably one or two 
uh, basic financial goals that we all should be keeping an eye on and um, being mindful of within our organization. So, all right, so let's just get dig right in. So the first step in the framework that he talked about is have um, you have to declare your goal and even publicly. And I know a lot of influencers will talk about, you know, their financial um, goals every month or what their revenue was each month, things like that. So it kind of keeps an accountability with them. Um, and it's it's also if it's if it, you don't have a team, you know, have a spreadsheet, live by it, have have an idea of what your goal is. And I'm not ha- saying have 10 different goals, have one uh, wildly important goal that you want to have for your financial um, for your company and figure out what it is. Say, you know what, this year I'm going to achieve this or in this, in three months, I want to achieve this goal. Like for me, I have a pretty aggressive revenue goal. Obviously I have to care about cash flow and profitability in order to get to the revenue I want or else we'll crumble underneath us if we don't have those other metrics. But ultimately we, we, we uh, are ready to serve businesses at a, at a higher level and more businesses. So, um, that's why I have more of an aggressive revenue goal that I want to um, achieve. So, so for me, I want to go to my team and show them what my my revenue goal is, and so they can get behind it and be excited about it and, and create incentives around it. and And so that's something that I'm putting together so that I can share with the team. and And um, and so that's step number one is declare what your goal is even publicly so that, you know, just kind of like in the weight loss world, if you have an accountability partner and you know, somebody knows what your goals are, it's a lot easier to achieve it. So, um, so that's number one in the framework that, uh, Steve Larson had talked about. So same thing applies to your financial goals. And then this is like the big one is number two, be brutally honest on where you are now. And, um, this is something that, um, maybe as a visionary or as a faith-based person, sometimes it maybe got me in trouble because just to give you a little backstory, when I, a, lot, a few years back, man, it's probably been like six, about six years now, I uh, I had, was pregnant and I had just fired a whole team and I'm standing in this big office, it's empty and I'm like, God, this is a perfect time to shut my doors down. And I'm crying in the shower, like I can't do this anymore, this is too hard. Um, and I, I was perfectly content, like being a stay at home mom, like I love my kids. I love being a mom, I um, love entrepreneurship too, but it's like, you know, it's still hard to juggle both of these. And I got a really strong confirmation that this is something that I needed to do that I was called to do. And so I'm like, okay. And I've always been somebody that does what I, um, what I feel called to do, not necessarily what I want to do, <laughs> what my natural man wants me to do. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it, uh, the thing is, is, is God and I had this pact. I'll do the business. You help. You make me cover payroll. Because there were times I had three boys during this time. I was pregnant. I was sick for nine months during my pregnancies. And so it was really hard to give the, the business the energy that it needed. But then after I had all the kids, and that's kind of where God started putting the, the plan in place. I could tell he brought the right people in for me and, and I was able to kind of grow and scale it from there. But what I realized was I kind of used that as a, a crutch a little bit because like I said, God and I had this pack that he makes payroll. Like, so I, I put a lot of the onus on him to cover my payroll and not really looking at the real numbers on what I needed to do to make sure that I was being real with myself on where we're at, what was the, the how healthy was our company from a cash flow perspective, 
Um, and I'll go th- cash flow is really the metric that I want to talk about at the end here. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail there, but be brutally honest with where you are at. Um, and don't try to justify it. It's human nature. We all want to justify, oh, well, it's okay because of this. Like really be willing to be honest with yourself and where you are now. I think that is so, so critical. And if I had to think of anything that was um, in this live, like take that away is look at where you are now and be brutally honest. Be willing to look at the numbers. Don't hide behind it. I know accounting can be scary because you don't know know it, but I'm going to show you at the end how to just do a basic cash flow statement. I don't, you know, don't get hung up on your balance sheet and your profit and loss and all those things that you probably, like a lot of you probably don't even know how to read. And it's like, just focus on your cash flow and your efficiency. And I'll, I'll talk about that here at the end. Okay, so number three is um, something he talks about is a single next step just in time learning. And this is something that I actually, he, that's what he calls it. And this is something that I've come to really, uh, I've talked about in other lives before hearing this was that so many people get caught up in the experts and learning and education and planning and and that they never take action or they, they're fearful of because they don't have the whole framework or whole uh, pathway forward they 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 get they get scared and they don't take action or they think they have to plan it so they they can see the whole pathway every step forward but i can tell you as soon as you take that first step the next step's probably going to change so there's no point in planning every step out yeah you should have a big overall map which we'll get into here in a minute but just focus on what is the next thing you need to do to to make it happen and so you know like for us we're like okay you know what is it do you need to trim down your workforce do you need to get more um, efficient with uh, the people you have? Do you need to improve operations? Do you need to increase revenue and get marketing and get Facebook ads going? You know, look at all the different things and be like, what is the thing I should focus on right now? And then do that. Um, so many people want to plan it to death. And over the years, I've gotten good at just plowing through because I know that plans are going to change as soon as you plan it. And so don't get so, I, I mean, it's good to have projections. It's good to have a plan. But one, know that those plans will most likely change. And two, don't spend tons and tons of time on it. Have it as a framework and a guidelines and something to get excited about and rally behind, but be willing to adapt and change that. Okay, so, and then the fourth step is, um, oh, actually one thing he mentioned, which I loved, actually back up, says entrepreneurship is a faith-based game and you have to, get in in that game. It really is. You have to be willing to walk off cliffs and not knowing how if there's going to be something for you to stand on, um, to know if you're going to be standing once you step off. Like it is definitely a faith-based game and you're not going to have it all figured out. It's going to cripple you. It's going to keep you from moving forward. So um, very, very real statement there. Okay. Number four is know the framework for your industry. So understand what the, you know, what are the margins for your industry and, but be willing to be like, okay, can I do better than that? Like challenge it. I'm, I'm all for business models and, and the way things are structured or changing and evolving all the time. So this, the data that you're looking at might be different, but, but look at the industries, look at the frameworks that are out there, look at the way people, um, build their company. I always like to, look at competition or frameworks or external like industry standards after the fact, after I've come to like what I think it should be first, then I'll go look at the metrics and the and the maps and things that are out there. So you can kind of apply that to the financial side too. You know, be aware of, of um, you know, how other people are pricing too, to know if, you know, it's always good to keep an eye on the external side uh, of where your industry and, and market is going. And that helps you plan um, accordingly as well. Okay, so that's number four. 
And then number five is how can I increase my speed? And this is obviously a lot of it related to like business systems and things like that. And, um, and I think this is big because we always talk about in our company about center time. And my company's name is The Center. And so we'll talk about center time because we can do things so much faster than I've seen a lot of companies do. And I don't think we realize how much we really can get done in a day. I think a lot of large corporations have lowered the standard and the bar of what really can be done. And so I just, I, I really believe in work, when you're at work, work hard, work efficient and get the work done. And, um, and it's, and so it doesn't mean that if you have employees and a team that you micromanage them to death, because I can guarantee you they'll, they'll, they'll pull back, they'll actually work slower because of it. Um, you actually want to have the culture and empower them. And then they are doing it because they're excited because they're rallying behind the goals that you've set. And so um, always look at how you can improve the efficiency because when you improve efficiency, you now have more money to pay your employees. You now have more um, more profitability and, um, and margins that you have because you're able to be more efficient. So it, uh, it, And so be willing to reward your employees as you get more efficient too. Creating an incentive program becomes a win-win for both. Um, I get one of my biggest pet peeves is companies that don't balance the vendor relationships, employee relationships, and the customer relationships, they all matter. Um, I've seen large corporations not pay their vendors at the end of the fourth quarter because vendor we work with, not pay the vendor at the end of the fourth quarter because they're a publicly traded company and they want to inflate their cash flow on their balance sheet. Like, that's terrible. Like, you're going to hurt your vendors who work so hard for you because you want to make your investors, like, look good to your investors, it makes, you know, it, it makes your vendors and your customers and your, and your employees, when you when you don't take care of them, it makes them not want to work hard for you. So if you do the right thing, it all, it all comes together and works in harmony. So just keep that in mind. If you want to increase the speed of what you do to increase your profit margins and things like that, care about people, care, <laughs> care about the human experience it makes a big difference. Okay. And, and then when things are hard, when, when they're like, man, we got to cut back, we got to do things, you're going to have employees coming to you saying, what can I do to help? Instead of you having to go to all the employees and saying, what can you do for me? They're going to come to you and be like, what can I do for you? And it is amazing. I got chills just saying that because I've seen it happen in our organization. And it is so awesome when you create that culture um, about that. So uh, this might be different than you're like, I thought this was a podcast on financial goals, but so much in business is around mindset. Uh, whether you want to believe it or not, like you're going to achieve your financial goals if you got got the framework and, and the base foundation in place. So, um, so with that said, don't get hung up on, you know, so much education, so much planning where you don't take action. So now you're like, okay, I want to take action. Okay, first you do have to plan just a little bit. Um, and so one of the things that I've started implementing just the last few months, which has been gold for me and our organization, is a weekly cash flow statement. So not the monthly after the fact accounting one that we're taught in college, but like I literally get a Google sheet and create a column for each week. And I've started doing a projected column and then I don't override my projected. I actually start putting actuals in so I can kind of see if I'm meeting what I budgeted. 
And um, and I put in, so what happens is at the bottom of the column, it'll it'll carry over to the top of the column, whatever the, the cash flow carryover. So you need all of your debt payments on there, your your anything related to cash. So um, not non-cash items like depreciation expense or things like that. You literally want to just make it a cash flow statement. So literally cash in, cash out comes in from your, your bank statement. Credit card payments is a cash out. You know, a credit card... Um, payment receipt in is cash in, you know, and just literally make line items like that and start plugging them in. You don't have to go into really super big detail here on your spreadsheet. Just make enough line items to where it gives you the detail you want. For instance, I have a separate line item for Facebook ad spend because I have another spreadsheet where I have my um, revenue projections that I want, how much I need to spend in ad spend to make the numbers work that I want for my revenue projections. And so I've carried over those revenue and ad spend numbers from the other sheet that I have. And so just keep it really basic, but I love it weekly because one, I always look at my ad spend kind of on a weekly basis and I like to, we bill based on billing date. And so like each week matters and I hate waiting a whole month to realize that we're full way off the mark. Um, I think business needs to be agile and, and flexible now. So you have to be able to spot things sooner and shift and adapt. I mean, things are just changing so fast. We don't have the luxury of, you know, wait, wait a month, then look back at it and be like, oh, I need to change and adjust this. So be willing to, you know, look at it weekly and analyze it. Um, so I think I'm just going to like figure out what is going to make the, what goal is going to make the biggest financial goal is going to make the biggest difference in your organization. Is it increasing revenue? Is it, um, increasing your margins? Um, so, you know, looking at your efficiency and your systems and, and how you can get your employees to work more efficiently and your, your technology to work more efficiently and automate things there. Can you eliminate things that don't need to get done to keep things more efficient? Like, is that something that you need to focus on? Um, you know, decreasing expenses, increasing revenue, like look at the different, and there's a lot of other KPIs, like in the SaaS world, there's churn, and I'm not going to get into all those things, but, but do research on different KPIs and say, what is the one that will make the biggest difference in with my team, with my organization this year, or even it doesn't have to be a year long goal, it can be a quarter, you know, it, uh, I'm, I love having flexible time frames to be based on the goal you set. I don't always like to, so often we make uh, goals fit into the time frame. I like to do it the other way around. Set the goal and then figure out the time frame that you want to make that happen. Um, and obviously the farther out you get, the harder it is to, there's too many variables that go into place. So I always like to keep it 12 months or less, um, especially from a financial goal aspect. Uh, so hopefully that's helped. So cash flow you have to focus on like, I don't care what business you are and focus on the cash flow statement, but then also maybe it is cash flow, but if not choose one other metric or goal that you feel like is going to be really critical to your organization and, and set some projections around that. Um, I don't honestly, like you don't have to spend a lot of time on all the areas. It can be really overwhelming. Choose the one thing and focus on that. Our brain doesn't do well when we start to get too many goals. Um, so honestly, one goal is, is good because um, you end up the other things fall into place or you focus really hard on that one goal like for instance if I'm focused on revenue which I am this year I have to one make sure my cash flow is okay because in order to have 
pay for the ad spend I want, I have to make sure I have the cash flow that I need. And so I have to pay attention to that. You know, I have to make sure that I have the efficiency in my team because otherwise, again, my cash flow won't be good because my team isn't efficient and then I can't pay for the ad spend and we can't bring in or we're not going to be able to, we're going to have too much churn and we're going to lose customers, which decreases my revenue. So you're going to, by having that one wildly important goal, you're going to peripherally address some of those other things. Um, And so the last thing I'll just leave you with is I talk a lot about uh, momentum and moderation. And uh, moderation is something that is not very (laughs) talked about very often. And in the it's it, in the older definition of it, it actually talks about kind of the, the the musical nature of moderation. It isn't necessarily like everything in the middle. It's just you might have some highs and have some lows, but overall, you're um, it's the it's the harmony that takes place by balancing. Okay, now I'm going to focus really hard on this, and then I'm going to scale back in that area and focus on this. Like it's it's not just having um, kind of like when you say I'm going to balance my my business and my life. There's times when I'm heads down working long hours in my business. And there's other times I'm more focused on personal. Um, and they have their moments. It doesn't mean that my life isn't out of balance. It's just that I it ebbs and flows depending on what needs my attention at that moment. And so uh, moderation and momentum are both kind of that in and out um movement that takes place. And that's how you build momentum. You think about if you're in a bathtub and you're moving your legs back and forth in the bathtub, what happens to the water? It starts building that momentum back and forth. And it's because it's that in and out movement that is happening that's creating that. And so I I want you to start thinking in momentum. What is it going to take to get that flywheel moving in your business and, um, and find those goals and set them? So Hopefully that was helpful. I um, thought it was really cool. Those five principles or framework that five step framework that uh, Steve Larson had done. I thought it was really applicable to what we were talking about today. So um, follow me if you uh, follow me on all my socials. Oh, I just messed up my camera. There we go. All right. So um, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, follow me on all my socials at Miss Mia Paulus. Um, I'm on a lot of the platforms and, and posts there. I would love your engagement and I want to keep building my community. So with that said, I will see you guys next week. No, it doesn't have to be so hard. No, it doesn't have to be so hard. Business and life made simple.